I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lavi Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. Yes, I am sick again. Again. Again, not still. No, not still, because that was like, I had like four weeks of not being sick with at least a virus. My chronic thing is ongoing, but I have yet another cold virus thing that isn't COVID that feels like COVID. Ooh. Which also means I did not go to Fusion this weekend because I am sick. So I'm so thrilled to be sick yet again, twice in like six weeks. Oh, wait, no. No, no. But this is also the, you know, third convention that has been basically ruined by illness for me in the past two months. So that's also fun. Which is kind of part of what made us decide to do this episode that's been sitting in the uh, back corner for probably two seasons, at least, is the Dealing with Disappointment episode. Um, which, granted, we're going to talk more about disappointment in relation to contests than anything else, but the process is still the same, is I need to deal with the disappointment of not getting to do the things that I prepared for and wanted to do because I am sick. So I could have made poor choices and gone sick, but I did not. Being all responsible and stuff. I was a responsible adult. That's overrated sometimes. I know. <laughs> so, of course, in our true fashion, though, we have big contest update because Yay. they just seem to just all happen in the fall. Um, so, NYCC Crown Championship preliminaries happened. Okay. So, for your NYCC Crown qualifier, we had for best armor, um, Super Des did Gears of War. The best FX went to Toxie Cat, who did Five Nights at Freddy's. Best Needlework was Pattern Mage, who did Raceland Majeure from Dungeons and Dragons Dragonlance. Third place was Say No to Scrunchies as the creature from the Black Lagoon. If you haven't seen this, it this I love this costume so much. It's really cool. So it's like the creature from the Black Lagoon, and then this like couture gown, like mixed together, and it's a budget cosplay, which makes it like icing on the cake. Most of the scales are made from like pop tops, like the can it's, tops. Um, it's like the the neck of the Diet Coke bottles, is yes. what it is. Yes, it's really neat, <laughs> and yeah, lots of like. Painting and fabrics and foam and um, the EVA that was used for the the headpiece I know <clears throat> was donated, which helped keep the whole thing under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun costume, though. It's super fun. Um, well, and it makes me think of they had the was it the Final Fantasy summon. A couple of years ago, somebody did Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, UK did Phoenix as their entry into the qualifier. And I think the whole thing, even after the upgrades to bring it to the US, was maybe less than 50 USD for the entire bird. Yeah, because they cool. used found objects too, like found items to create it. 
Um, second place was V as Thor, and it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it's 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 really great. So I mean, I like Jane Foster Thor anyway. So it was it was fun to see it, and then. I was creeping on her Instagram and one of the actual like people that worked on the movie costume was making comments on it. And I was like, I love it. So they were geeking out about how flawless costume was. So yeah, but yes, so this is mighty Thor from Thor love and thunder for those of you that are into the MCU. And best in show first place for the, and the qualifying champion from New York Comic Con was Sarcasm Hime as the queen from Snow Glass Apples, which is a story by Neil Gaiman. This dress is bonkers. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> There's so much happening on this gown. Yes. So many tiny details, so much beading and embroidery and small, intricate handwork. Like, it is out of control. And I love it. But she's been working on this for about two years, so I've seen this build kind of move through its process. So now we we have, like, a bunch of really fun people coming to uh, C2E2 so far for the crown. Because if you didn't see Kiralee's tof and the awesome and cool rocks that stood up. <laughs> God, that costume's cool. So she did like the, um, you'll see it for like, it's a type of parade costume, but they have the big fan on the back that flips up kind of like a peacock. Mm-hmm. She did that, but but used it to be the rocks for tof. So when she went on stage and stomped her like foot, it. the rocks came up behind her. It was really neat. It was That's like really a fun, fun addition to... She used um, a design from one of the the popular fan art designers, but then added this to it. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. So unfortunately, um, the buzz around Crown has not been about these wonderful people, but rather someone who decided to be a butt essentially (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i mean someone who didn't deal well with their disappointment so what happened at new york comic-con well there was a contestant that decided to have very poor judgment behavior um who decided to badmouth the judges on social media badmouth the contest trying to say it was rigged a hashtag got created in solidarity to support this person because they didn't win an award in crown. Yep. I mean, that's that's the basics of it. And I, I actually tried to go find, like... So they've deleted a bunch of stuff now, so you can't find it. It it's, has it's since gone. been... Um, they have since backpedaled and have been deleting a lot of the things that they did. They they po- they deleted some of the stuff that they had posted and uh, a lot of the stuff that they're like got put under the hashtag is just magically gone now. And the um the person themselves actually posted, you know, kind of the opposite, <laughs> like on their public page 
later and was like, oh, yay, congratulations to all these great crafters. And I'm just like, hmm, well, that's interesting. We've already caught you. Sorry. The community is not that big. You have been labeled forever now. For- forever. All contest runners know who you are. All contestants know who you are. You are not going to be able to get it back on the stage again without people paying attention to every move you make. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> like, like obviously, like some things happen, and I believe this person's fairly young, and people learn from their mistakes, and people, you know, act out whenever they're feeling emotional, and I will totally get that. But like, there's the internet is forever, so there are definitely no takesy backsies from this. I think what why this this happens all the time in contests, like constantly. It but- does. It does. I think this got the attention it did because it was during such a prestigious contest. There are a lot of assumptions about Crown that are untrue. Um, And so I have re-verified my information with multiple past Crown judges before I give you this. So Because we have not been in Crown. I applied on a whim once. I don't remember what was on the application because I wasn't really trying that hard. So there are a few things you need to know about Crown. Because everyone thinks that everyone selected for crown has the epitome of craftsmanship, and that is not accurate. You do not submit a work in progress book for crown. You submit a couple of photos that make your costume look as good as it can, a description for the MC, and some years they have had like space for you to write a little bit about the techniques you used on your costume. The judges do not select who gets to compete, Read Pop staff does. So the thing that you have to understand is no one has any idea what anybody's seams look like. No one knows that the costume is clean. No one knows how much they really made. They're just looking at a photo of the completed costume because Crown is a show. They want- It used to be a TV show. It did used to be a TV show. So they do want well-crafted costumes, but they also want cool-looking things. And they want done costumes, which is like one of their main things. So sometimes cool looking things get into crown that aren't made very well because they make a good show. And that is how someone who's very new to competing could end up being in crown. Because you think about like, why, you know, everybody's like, well, everyone's a master cosplayer in crown. Why would this behavior happen? Not everybody is that gets into crown. Sometimes new people who don't understand this process get into crown. I did have a couple people who have been very involved in Crown ask us to mention this about this situation as well so that people have a better understanding that like, you know, this person probably wasn't some very experienced master level cosplayer that's been doing this forever, that's familiar with the community. They seem like, from what I could find, very new to the community, very new to competing. Was their costume cool to look at? Yeah, it was. It made a great show. But that's not what it takes to win a craftsmanship contest. So, you know, this this assumption that everything is made perfectly in Crown is not accurate. I think the other reason this... So that's where I think a lot of the backseat judging came from. I mean, there's backseat judges everywhere, but... It was really amped, though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was It was a little ridiculous. Well, and it's because they saw this really, really cool thing and it didn't win anything. But then yeah, they and saw it looks great on stage. Right. Well, and then to the untrained eye, the three winners look very simple. Sure. They're all yeah. largely sewing based. So to 
an audience member, it's not the biggest, giantest, most crazy thing, which a lot of times audience members think that's what wins contests. Mm-hmm. Though the audience, my understanding, was cheering for this person while the winners were trying to be announced. Which That's really bad etiquette, audience. Bad that etiquette. That is very poor audience etiquette. <laughs> you don't do that. That is not okay. That is, yes, that is the opposite of okay. Which probably also fueled this person's validation for the behavior that they had. Yeah, I mean, that's possible for sure. We won't necessarily know kind of what was going through their brain at the time, but... I'm, I'm sure they've learned. Yeah. Hopefully. I would... Considering, like, how much, you know, after... Obviously, there was the poor etiquette by the audience members there. There was the poor etiquette by the individual that they were rooting for, like, on the internet immediately following. But then, literally, I want to say every single maker that I follow on any platform has put in their two cents about dealing either with disappointment or, you know, different things as far as sportsmanship goes or immediately being thrust into like high level competitions and how you don't really get a chance to like grow as both a crafter and a competitor before you like get thrown in with the wolves, so to speak. So, I mean, it's been a huge thing. It's going to come across weird. Like, I almost feel bad for this person that they're having to be, like, the target of all of this backlash. I'm not going to say that, like, obviously they did something and people reacted to it. But I feel like without seeing what was originally posted by that person in particular, I can't really judge them for what everybody else on the Internet did. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing is, it's in, I guess, in their defense is the statement to use. I think what made this situation very different from most situations was the amount of backseat judging other people that jumped into it. Right. Because if you look on the posts, there's tons of people posting justice for this person, justice for that, like... The amplification that occurred from not just this person, yeah, but from all of these other people that jumped in on this situation. So I think that's why it ultimately, like, you know, hopefully they learned. But yes, I kind of feel for them a little bit that it obviously got out of hand. And we don't know if they necessarily continued to fuel it or not. They they started the ball, but we don't know if they continued to fuel it. Um, it has stopped. But it did shed a lot of light if you look at the many, many, many posts from other people about people being bad sports in contests and what that's done to a lot of competitors. Um, I mean, we've had that experience ourselves. So it's only 22. What? Oh, I just, I found them. This person's only 22. Oh yeah. So they're a baby. They're a baby. They're a baby. They're a baby. They're a baby competitor. They don't know enough about the internet yet. Apparently. They apparently (laughs) don't know how the internet works yet, even though they've grown up with it and it's always been in their existence. But 
Yeah. I, I wow. feel for them, but I don't. It's hard. Yes. Because you are old enough to know better. It's valid to feel both of those things at the I, same time. I feel for what happened with the escalation via other people getting involved. Yes. Like you are obviously responsible for your own actions, but I think that they are also getting blamed for the actions of other people. Which is not fair because you are not responsible for other people's actions. Because you're not responsible for other people, even if they are doing it, quote unquote, for you. And so, of course, you know, we've seen all these posts from lots of other people, and I haven't seen one quite to the extent of this. Um, But a lot of people have had the negative impact of other people being poor sports and not dealing properly with their disappointment. Um, You know, and we we put a post up on Instagram. You can go read some of the situations we've run into. uh, And we didn't talk about all of them because there's been, frankly, too many. Um, Because there's a reason that we've competed 14 times in 10 years. And a lot of it is bad sportsmanship. And people trying to keep us from showing up. And granted, we're going to talk about disappointment in contests. We're going to be perfectly transparent. We've won 13 out of 14 times. And we were not disappointed at all when we lost to internationals because we were like, that's cool. Woohoo. You guys rocked. I feel like y'all are going to kind of be like, well, then they don't understand. But there's other types of disappointments that occur as well in contests Mm -hmm. um and i have lost in my previous time competing like one of the big ones i still think about where we we had a a moment of not great sportsmanship was when we went to you remember when we went to colossal con the first time and Mm -hmm. we did sort out online and we were just like we just thought we were gonna win like not a problem we totally get yet no no that was we were grossly incorrect (laughs) so of course we did the thing that these are processes that you go through when you're disappointed so we did the whole thing of well if they hadn't gotten xyz then maybe we would have won it's things that you go through like um we weren't able to use the cool lighting tricks so i remember us going well if we would have been able to use cool lighting tricks maybe then we would have won no we still wouldn't have won i mean we still wouldn't have because we went we watched it later after we cooled off and we went, oh, no, yeah, no, they were good. Yeah, no, we would not have won. No, they were good. Like us taking our moment to like deal with our disappointment like internally is different than being shitty on the Internet. Well, exactly. Like, well, and we we asked for judges feedback when we were feeling a little bit better and they gave us some feedback that was useful. And then we took it to Anime Iowa and we won Best in Show. So we mm-hmm. did still get a judge's choice because they loved Pina, our robot dragon. As you should. Because she won, let's be honest, not us. So really, we didn't win at this one. She won because um, they loved that dragon. But we took that disappointment and then we learned, you know, what to do. We had an incident with a convention where we were not treated. We are, there was that unspoken rule issue mm. that we all know too well. Which a lot of you had some great questions about that um, in the Google form for fact versus fiction. So we will address that in the follow-up about, but what happens when coordinators do unspoken rules? So, (sighs) you know, how does that negate rules as a fact? So we will discuss that during that episode. But we have been the receiving end of unspoken rules before and were poorly treated by 
a set of coordinators and a set of judges at a convention. But we did not go to social media and blast this convention. We went to the feedback form and gave our feedback on how we were treated. And now a said convention doesn't even exist anymore, so it doesn't matter. But it was like, okay. And then we were at least able to like take that video and then use it and upgrade like what we had done. And we still we got a judge's yeah. choice award. It just yeah. thing we us and other people were definitely not being treated the way that they should have. And there were definitely some unspoken because the one unspoken rule that we've had thrown in our face quite a bit is well, you already have enough awards. That that happens a lot. And that's where people get pissy with us when we try to show up because they're like, well, you already have enough awards. I think people think we have a lot more awards than we do. Possibly. Like, I don't know. I don't know and what that, they that's think. such a random, like, subjective. But people are very much like, oh, well, why are you going? Because that's what we used to get, like, back in the day was, well, you already have enough awards. Right. Oh, okay. Is there a number we're supposed to know about? Right. Is there a limit? there a limit on how many awards also there's not that many also we really don't have that many in the grand scheme of things because i don't think 14 conventions 14 competitions in 10 years is a lot of competitions to have gone to it's not and you also have to understand that a lot of those awards involved performance yes they're not all craftsmanship i think three of them are craftsmanship awards like when i think like i don't know i always just think back to it was the first the first one that we did just the two of us Yes. And we walk and we we were trying to like pace ourselves because we were back when we used to compete, which I know we've told the story before, but back when we used to compete, they didn't have divisions. So we're like, and then when we like came back to competing, we were told that everything before didn't count and we had to start over. Like multiple coordinators had told us that right off the bat and we're like, Okay, so we were like trying to pace ourselves and we're like, well, we want to go and support this convention, but it's small, but those awards still count towards this other convention that we do want to go to, which is a bigger deal. So we only competed in performance, but we walked in and like some of the other competitors were kind of shitty to us, like, and made like little snide comments. And then we're mad that we won the performance award with our, you know, props and you know our our skit and everything with our you know emoting and like fun little jokes versus the thing that they came up with the Wednesday before the con I don't know how I'm supposed to react to that well I remember when we did sort of online for anime Iowa and then on like the announcement post people were posting how the armor should have won best in show because I still remember that one because there was a ton of people complaining that we won best in show until someone finally jumped in and went, a performance was required for Best in Show. All right, well, here's like, we just did two contests and we've had bad feedback from people. Mm -hmm. So it starts to slow you down because you're like, uh, you know, and then we would have a lot of like the, well, you guessed you shouldn't be competing. Well, you did this, did that. You shouldn't be competing at this contest because it's too small for you. And there was a lot of people trying to tell us what to do. The one I'm still mad about is Vampire Hunter D, though. You want to talk about unspoken rules? I mean, they technically weren't written yet. <laughs> they were written later. This was eons ago. It was like 2003. Um, and I know I've talked about this group before, but we did a 21-person Vampire Hunter D bloodlust group. There was a judge that didn't like one of the people in our group. So a bunch of unspoken rules got used 
so that we couldn't win an award. So they tried to claim that you can't do stage combat, but there was no rule. You can't have 21 people, but there was no rule. You, um, they tried to claim that we had professional costumers make our costumes, even though there was no rule and we could prove that we made them. But basically, they just really didn't want us to get an award. But what gets me to this day is the group that won was Ash Pimp and his poke hose. <laughs> it was literally an Ash in a big coat, which a bunch of cute girls in lingerie to this day. It still gets me. But this was back before you had like thorough prejudging and like judges were not well vetted. Like it was a different world. People were extraordinarily petty. I mean, the, the scene was entirely different. Like, competing was completely different. Yeah, there was then. no, like, you weren't going to gain fame or anything from, like, that wasn't, that didn't exist. There were no professional cosplayers except for Yaya. Like, yeah. it just didn't and exist. And those, like, one or two idols that worked, like, overseas. <laughs> right. Like, it just wasn't. And we'll talk a little bit more about why we think some of this has escalated over time. It can be very disappointing when you keep competing and you keep losing. Or you keep competing, but you keep getting judges' choice, or you know you're not getting a placement award, or even like always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Like, right. I always compete and get you know quote like maybe I always get second place. It could be disheartening. Or maybe you always get performance awards, but you don't get craftsmanship awards for your costume or whatever it may be. Um, Harley will be one of those for me. I feel like I'll just keep throwing her. And she's just going to keep getting, like, performance and, like, probably will never get a craftsmanship award. And I'm just going to be mm-hmm. annoyed. But sure. it's also like, oh, well, because I have other goals for that costume. And we'll kind of talk about how that can help yeah. with, with disappointment. It's good for you to know, though, that you're not doing anything wrong just because you're losing. And I know we've talked about it in judging episodes, but judging is 100% subjective. So you're taking your judges whoever those particular individuals might be. And regardless of what kind of rubric or if they use a rubric or don't use a rubric or what have you, they are looking at the rules of that contest and either their own thoughts on how craftsmanship should be judged or a rubric that's given to them by the coordinator and assigning those different attributes for your costume based on what they see and ranking them against other costumes that they see. But you could put 10 people in the same room and they're going to come up with different answers. Which is why there's always more than one judge. There's multiple judges, typically an odd number for that particular reason. So you have like a tiebreaker. Um, And yeah, it's all, you know, we've also always said it's based on who shows up to the contest. So... You know, depending on who shows up with what on that particular given day, it could end differently. It doesn't mean that your costume's bad just because you didn't win or you didn't win the award that you were hoping to win. Right. I mean, it's like our Magi costumes aren't bad just because they didn't win an award in internationals. But it's about who shows up. So when everyone's good, what are you supposed to do? You know? Right. So, and... Just because you lost at one con doesn't mean that, like, that costume's over. Like, you There's can make options. updates and you can go. Like, we did that with Sailor Moon was Dai showed a Colossal Con and then we won Best Craftsmanship at Colossal Con and Master's Performance. Like, we did Colossal Con to Anime Iowa and they got Best in Show. You know, you're, the best thing you can do when you're in the headspace for it is to get that feedback. Because that is what's going to help you go from not placing to placing 
more than anything else is getting feedback from the judges. Because otherwise, you're just going to be speculating why you didn't win. And sometimes, it's literally a, it was really close, your costume's great, they had this one tiny thing more. And that is frustrating, but it is somehow how it is, especially when you start doing um, higher level competitions. Uh, they get super, super, super nitpicky. Um, and it could be that your costume is flawless, but maybe their costume is also flawless, but they did more techniques than you did, for example. I mean, there's so many different things that go into it. Well, and I know that there is more of a emphasis nowadays about wanting to be like getting recognition. I think that has a lot to do with how social media works. It's that constant need for val- for validation. And I do think that that is part of what has amped up some of the poor sportsmanship behavior that we see. Is that people want recognition, but there's also so many more people trying to become professional cosplayers. Sure. It's it's the new actor. You know, and in in the early days that wasn't even a thing. Like there were no guests your judges a lot of times were like voice actors and stuff. They weren't even cosplayers half yes. the time. Like there were no fancy judging announcements. There was no cosplay guesting. There was no cos fame. We're just people in costume. You gained nothing from winning contests back in the day. Literally the only cos famous person was Yaya. That was it. And then just Kanagiri kind of sneaked in soon after. But like you didn't have any of these things that we have now. But with the rise of cost fame and social media pressure and social media being so ingrained in a lot of the younger generation's lives mm-hmm. and people trying to tie this winning awards as one more step towards their professional cosplay career, you're seeing a lot of poor behavior, but also a lot of impact on self-worth due to competitions. Well, and I think a lot of people don't realize that unless you're entering like something huge like TwitchCon, for example, most people don't care. <laughs> like, outside of other competitors, like, who won what costume? It, well, and they don't even care. Con. They can only care if you won. No. So it's like, unless you won TwitchCon, or you won Crown, or you won WCS, they don't care. There are very few cons that care that we are, we're ever Team USA for ICL. We didn't win, so they don't care. Like, and ICL is not considered one of the main competitions that they care about anyway. It's Crown, Twitch, and WCS. So, sorry to tell you, but winning regular cosplay competitions is not going to help you win become cosmemus. They care more about your social media numbers than your awards at this point. Well, and if you're wanting to be a professional fabricator, I mean, those people might benefit from winning some of those high stakes craftsmanship competitions just for like the notoriety that they can put it on their resume whenever they're submitting to you know their like costume houses um if they're not planning on starting their own business but again that's not going to make you cosplay famous if that's what your ultimate goal is but and i mean we will probably do an episode on this in the future but a lot of people still do believe that being cost famous is literally just wearing a costume and then getting lots of recognition for it and it's not 
a professional cosplayer does a lot more than that. So it's not remotely close to that. Um, but the people that do wear costumes and make videos, they're not competing usually. <laughs> like, that's not why they're famous. Like, some of them do on occasion. Um, the uh, first place for ECG does a lot of video work. But, like, that's not why they're famous. It's not because they won ECG. It's because they do Bakugo and, you know, Kiri stuff from, like, years ago. That's how they became famous. So, you know, sorry to tell you, but winning regular old cosplay contests is not going to make you famous. Nope. It's not going to make you famous. You might get asked yeah. to judge for a badge and live in a room for 10 hours. Yeah, and be, you'll, you know, graciously accept if they choose to feed you. Yeah, if they choose to feed you. <laughs> you, know. you know, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not as glamorous as it sounds, friends. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So how real. do you cope with disappointment? Well, it's important to know that, you know, it's not necessarily a failure because you didn't win. Um, there's a game that I play with um, some of my therapeutic groups, depending on what we're working on, and it's failure ball. And the concept behind the exercise is that you pass the ball to someone and they're supposed to drop it and then everybody claps. And it's kind of an illustration of, you know, things happen, but there's still going to be people around that support you and that maybe it's not as big of a deal as it seemed, you know, in the beginning when you started out. So just because you, you know, failed at winning an award in a contest doesn't mean that, like, you don't have worth. Because in the general scheme of things, it is just a contest. Like, even if you worked really, really hard to get there, even if you put a lot of time and money into it, it's still a contest. Like, is it like a medium problem sometimes? Sure. Yeah, depending on how big it was, but it's not the end of the world. Like, a contest should not be heavily impacting your overall self-worth. But we do see that a lot. Yeah. So it is something to consider. So what we're going to do is we're going to take you through the steps of dealing with disappointment in relationship to losing a contest so that perhaps there can be better behavior. <laughs> now, unfortunately, the people that probably need this aren't going to listen to this episode at all. Well, no, because they obviously are not the problem. Well, no, they're not the problem. They already know what to do. But um, please reference our Cheater Cheater Pumpkin Eater episode to find out why people have this behavior. Because it's very similar to why people cheat in contests. It has the same origins. And we talked about all the ways that you could benefit besides just winning contests in our green room episode. So, Oh, and in the value of competing. Where yeah. we talk about all the other things that you can gain from competing besides winning an award. It is okay to have these feelings, though. Like, you can feel the feelings but you don't need to run to social media and tell everybody about them the second the contest is over. Yeah, you are allowed to feel the way that you feel. Your feelings are valid. But that doesn't but make lashing out at other contestants or the contest coordinators or anything like that okay. Sportsmanship is still a thing. It is still a thing. It's okay to be disappointed, but don't be a dick. Yes. So first you need to accept that you are in fact disappointed. 
can also include accepting that this isn't someone else's fault. So passing blame is a very common occurrence Mm. with disappointment, trying to blame somebody else for why things didn't go the way that they did. So first you have to accept that you are disappointed, that this isn't some conspiracy against you. What? Yeah. You know. (gasps) No. And then you can try to let it out. But this means productively, which means not going to social media. Yeah, don't go to social media. Don't do it. Stay away from social media because you I are want to more write likely. I about it in my live journal. Oh my god, in your live journal. <laughs> Dear live journal, I lost a contest today. I'm so upset. The judges hate me. I'm such a terrible crafter. I'm so terrible. <laughs> yeah, don't don't run to your social media. Stay off your social media because it's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to post something that you're going to regret. So stay away from it. That's um, just a good general rule of thumb anytime you're upset. Oh, yeah. Just stay away from social media because then <laughs> you're going to post something that you're going to regret in general. Um, you know, if you have a close, trusted friend, you can talk to them about your disappointment. Some people need to talk it out in order to process. I'm a talker. Yeah, that's valid. So you might just need someone to like talk at almost even like you don't necessarily need them to respond, but you need to talk it out so you can process the situation. If you are the friend that they are talking to... It's okay to clarify with them, do you just want me to listen or do you want me to offer advice? Sometimes the person that's talking about their disappointment doesn't want to hear all of those solutions or all the ways that this is normal and okay and how the world is not conspiring against them. Sometimes they just want to vent and that's okay. It's all part of the process. Can you tell that Ash has had to listen to one of these people that does this? I didn't say anything. I was just acknowledging that sometimes... Being on the other end of that, there are different options you can take. And it's okay to clarify with the person talking to you ahead of time which one it should be. It's okay. I'm well aware that I'm a verbal processor. It's a thing. I get it. I do it too. <laughs> so Yes. But we at this point can usually figure out when we don't actually want advice from each other. Um, you could write it out, just not on social media. So I've done this before too, and I've been really upset about something. I've like written out what I'm thinking about it. So that I can read it back later to try to process it. It's it's similar to verbal processing. Just almost like when you're trying to do it with yourself instead of having another person to bounce off of. I have totally done the verbal processing with myself with like a voice recorder before. Um, or like my like if I'm in the car, like I've used like the video function on my phone and just like turned it on and started talking so that I could listen to it later and make sure there wasn't anything else that I needed to kind of clarify for myself and usually by the end I had the aha moment but I also write out stuff um normally Microsoft Word is my go-to for that like I'll open up just like a blank word processing document and I may or may not save it for future reference or I might just type it all out read through it and be like "Hmm, that's good and then delete it mental clarity and just you know feel better in general yeah it can be kind of nice to just get it out there If you have a therapist, you can talk to one. That's always an option if you have one. But definitely stay away from social media while you are in this step. This is the processing step. So stay away from social media because you need to process your situation. Otherwise, you're going to do things that you will regret. 
So then you're going to try to reframe your disappointment. So once you have processed, you kind of understand what happened. Then you can start looking at, okay, well, why was I upset? Did I gain anything else out of this situation? So this is when it's good to ask for feedback from judges once you hit this point. And if you don't hit this point at con, a lot of times you can contact judges later because you might not hit it at con. Like Sunday morning when the judges are available for feedback, you might not be ready yet and that's okay. But this is also where you can kind of look and be like, what else have I done? You know, because you're going to also change your self-talk in this. this. So like, how are you going to talk to yourself about the situation? I find it super helpful. And this is something that I really hadn't been doing until this past year. And although we really like, I haven't gotten on stage since I started doing this for myself, but it's working, is coming up with other goals besides winning for that contest. Goals you have more control over so that you have feel like you accomplished something even if you don't get an award. So like my goal for Fusion was not to win. It was to force myself to go on stage by myself, try a new performance technique, and not rely on my crutch of musical theater style performance. And take a costume that was not intended for a competition and still putting it in a competition. I already knew going into Fusion, I was probably going to lose because this wasn't designed specifically to be in the competition. I had to resist not dropping everything I was doing and just throwing Harley at it because here, 14,000 rhinestones have them. But my goals for Fusion were those things. Those were what I was focused on, not winning the contest. And I'm actually more disappointed that I didn't get to go because I didn't get to do those goals than winning any award at Fusion. I have found that that's really helping so far is like specifically identifying goals outside of winning for a competition. It's definitely lessened the stress. It also makes it feel less, my brain doesn't go, oh, but XYZ won't be perfect enough by that time. Like already looking at a competition we both talked about doing um, in the spring going, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that'll be perfect enough, but then it's like, well, but if our goal isn't to win, mm -hmm. then maybe it's fine. Yeah, it's been a kind of an interesting mindset change, but um, try it out. I think it will help. I talk on and off that I'm going to try to do crown. My goal isn't to win in crown. I'm not going to win in crown. Let's be perfectly frank. <laughs> I would be shocked. We're going to be at C2E2 anyway. So. But we're going to be at C2E2 anyway. I've always wanted to do it. I have a costume that fits a lot of their boxes as providing I do some extra things with it. Why not? What's it going to hurt if I get in? Cool. We get to do an episode on crown. Sweet. So that's my goal. I want to get in so I can hang out with the cool people because I would love to meet Kiralee and Sarcasm Hime and, you know, hang out with their friends that do crown every year. But I want to do an episode on crown because you guys have been asking us for an episode on crown for years and I keep having to go, we've never been in crown. So I can't do one. Why not? Let's throw a costume that has a decent chance of getting in. And then I'm going to do XYZ. There goes the pressure of winning anything. Because my goal isn't, my main goal isn't win an award in Crown. It's do XYZ. And if I don't get in, I'll be a little disappointed because I wanted to do these things. But the world doesn't end because Oogie's not made specifically and only for Crown and her entire existence is for Crown. Which I think is also the other, I need to make other goals for my costumes too. <laughs> I think that would also help. 
so that there's not so much pressure. It's like this costume is only meant for this competition and nothing else. Well, and we've talked about that for before too, with just like there's some things that we've made. We have a lot of things that we've made that we don't wear because they're just not practical to wear around a con because we made them specifically for competition. And it's like, okay, but what am I supposed to do with that now? I have ball gowns and things that I don't want to wear because they're fussy or their wigs are uncomfortable or they have weird props attached to them. And now they just sit in a box because my only goal was to compete and do that one thing with it. Yeah, we do have yeah, re- repurposing some of these would be nice. Unfortunately, my only one that's very well repurposed is Harley. <laughs> and Oogie would be, but they make good performance costumes. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to wear Barrel again. She's super fussy. I don't mind Nine, but she gets hot. A part of me is like, I really want to redo Nahalonia's bodice because... I feel like I would like a different shape on it, but I'm like, but when am I ever going to wear it? We're not going to wear those again. I mean, we'll be honest. Those are terrible for Atcon. I would be more likely to wear Judar again than I'd wear Barrel. Judar's more comfortable in Barrel. Yeah. Like, but then again, like, yeah, we have those. When are we going to wear those? Never. 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 They're going to sit in a box and never get worn again because they're completely impractical for running around at a convention. So unless we go to a con where it's a seen or be seen kind of anime situation like we're not gonna right we're not gonna wear those again like and it's not even like a popular anime anymore no so i mean people know (laughs) what it is but i have a feeling we'll wear sinbed and kogyoku more frequently than we'd ever do judar and because sin won't be sin will be comfortable judar is a pain in the butt because of the wig so yeah we have a bunch of costumes and then we're always like what do we wear because we don't have wearable costumes yeah, I don't have anything to wear. So hopefully we'll fix Lots that a little bit. Nothing to wear. We also typically don't have time to wear costumes when we're at con because we're working, but we might actually just start attending some cons too. What? I know we've talked about that. And yeah, we're really bad at that because then we're like, well, maybe we should submit to guest and then we don't do it. Um, it's been so long since we've just gone. I know. Like, I kind of forget what that's like. I don't now. know what that's like to go to con and not work anymore. It's been ages. I mean, we kind of did that at SakuraCon. Yeah, but we did shows. So, yeah, but it's okay. We were, we were competing and working. Well, we pretty much always do the show. I know. That's, we're never going to get away from it. <laughs> There's no escape. I know, but we enjoy doing it. So, And then we're like, oh, well, but if we're doing this programming, then we could also do this programming. Well, maybe like, we okay, just stop. have to only do one programming when we go, if we're going to like go compete. But I think what we need is a con. We're going to compete, but we're not putting extreme pressure on ourselves with it. Because I don't know how to go to a con without doing a competition. So, and I had to do that. That doesn't exist. I like them too much. That's my problem. So we'll just go to, we just need to go to Fusion next year. I mean, we can. The chillest con in existence. Fusion. We'll do a spooky skit. Uh, fusion. Can we do a spooky skit? Maybe you can make your Pokemon by then. We can do a spooky maybe. skit. Maybe. It would be real maybe, cute. Or maybe we'll do Kingdom Hearts. We could do Kingdom Hearts at Fusion. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be a good time. We could do that. So many options. So many options. I'll still do my 
Gengar skit. It's a good performance, so I'm annoyed. Um, so I just have to find somewhere that I would want to take it. But everything is like not close. So we have that issue. There's nothing close to me that I can just be like, I'm going to enter this contest and then go home. I, everything involves like three plus hour drive. So yeah. Yeah, there's especially none of those that have like skit options available. No, like there's a couple that would be good. But like one of them's like five hours away. And I'm just like, do I want to go five hours away to do this? Like it was different with Fusion because like all our friends are at Fusion. So then I want to go to Fusion. Right. Well, and you were going to go anyway. So I was going to go anyway. If Magic did a combo crafts performance contest, I they don't even have a performance contest anymore. I would go for the performance contest alone. But they don't have one anymore. If we we would have gone years ago if they had them together, right? Well, they we're like, got we want to go support their... this con, and they were like, "But they don't do the thing." Yeah, they got rid of their performance contest, so sad. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure out something to do at Gengar at some point because it's actually a good solo skit, and I'm kind of sad I didn't get to use it. Um, I guess it gives me more time to understand how the fans are supposed to work to get better at using them. Hey, there we go. Positive spin on my disappointment. You're reframing. I'm reframing my disappointment right now in not being able to do that performance. I could also, if I really wanted to, do it at the Anything Goes open mic night that we have locally at some point because I could if I really wanted to, but I don't know that I care enough to do that. We'll see. I have to work on a different performance now. <laughs> so. Everybody cross your fingers that my voice comes back in the next, like, five days because I need to re-record some audio so my sparkle monster can get back on stage again for a very, very special event at Colossal Con North that we have not announced yet on here. My 14,000 rhinestones have to get back on stage, but I need oh. to uh, re-record my audio because um, I listened to my audio from four years ago and went, mm, no. <laughs> no like something's wrong with the timing growth and i'm like nope 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 i mean i'm close like i could probably get away with it today give myself a few you more still days have the separate tracks yes mm, we might be able to play with that yeah i have the tracks i just have to um i reformatted the track already and added the spots that were missing because now it's not limited to 90 seconds mm -hmm. luckily i got the new part already done which was the harder part. When my body feels like it's not trying to murder me, I can at least rehearse the new part because the blocking from the other part has come back, but I have to do like a costume change. So that's new. I have four weeks. It's fine, right? This is fine. The Everything fire is on burns fire behind me. One thing we do want to mention before we close this episode out is if you are finding that losing a contest is significantly impacting your self-worth, your mental health, and your emotional well-being, you may want to consider working through that with a therapist. Because there are probably some other underlying issues that you need to address because it's likely not about the contest itself. And we have seen this. So if, if it literally is like desperately impacting your life, that is something that you want to get looked at because it shouldn't. Yes. It should not. Well, and it might be one of those things that maybe depending on <coughs> what you and your mental health professional figure out is the underlying issue. Maybe maybe it's not that you can't do any contest. Maybe there are just some styles of contests that are going to be better for you um, so that you don't trigger those emotions as easily. 
Right. Or that you can, you know, kind of baby step back into. Because there's so many different styles of cosplay contests. So maybe it's one of those where maybe instead of doing this specific contest, you need to find something that meets, you know, other criteria for you to make it a little bit easier for you. Yes. But please take care of yourself because in the end it is just a contest. So there's real problems. It is sure. it is not worth your well being. Well, hopefully by soon, soon we will have a massive update for you about a convention that is very soon. <laughs> and the five hundred things that we're going to be doing. But we technically have not signed said contract as of the day we're recording, so Well, you know. Yeah. I w- we're close. Happens. It's coming it any day. We will have quite a bit of things going on, so um, stay tuned for that massive update because it's going to be a lot. But yeah, I think that's all we have for now. Um, and it's almost Halloween, so you'll get family family Halloween updates soon. Spooky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, friends, it's been fun. Until next time, I'm Ash. I'm L. We are Lobby Cosplay, and this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is Podcast SCS. Our website is LaviCosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us, email us at podcastscs at gmail.com or DM us at podcastscs or Lavi Cosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.